Yeah, g'day, mate. You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. In the past week, a couple of meningitis cases have been reported in the student area in Dunedin. These cases are isolating. However, meningitis is a serious illness and everyone should be informed on what it is, how it is spread and what we should do to help stop community transition. Joining us now to speak about meningitis is Professor Michael Baker. Kia ora, Michael. Are you there? Yeah, kia ora, Nico. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. So, oh, you're welcome. Just to start off, meningitis, uh, from my understanding, is the inflammation of the protective membranes covering our brain and spinal cord. And it usually refers to the infections caused by the viruses. But... Um, what actually is the meningitis infection and why can it be a really damaging and dangerous? Yes, um, look, the terminology is quite complicated uh, because you've got um, meningococcal disease which causes bacterial infections and it has two forms, uh, meningitis and septicemia. Uh, and this is the uh, one that um, causes most worry, I think, for young people and their parents and also in halls of residence and flats when uh, people suddenly are living in quite close conditions and that's actually a risk factor for getting meningococcal disease. And the reason it causes so much worry is that in some, it, it comes on very quickly and unless you get antibiotic treatment, uh, it has a very high fatality risk. The good news is that with treatment, people do very well. But unfortunately, every year, a few people die from this infection in New Zealand. Mm, so it is quite serious. And uh, how does this in, um, infection actually uh, transfer, like in a community or a hall of residence, which is particularly worrying? Well, basically, all of us will have this bacteria sitting very happily in our throats at some stages in our lives, and often repeatedly and we develop normal immunity to it. Uh, and a number of bacteria do this. But for um, a very small minority of people, and this is particularly um, infants and young children, and then teenagers, it has a sort of second spike in cases um, in that age group. Um, it crosses over from the throat into the bloodstream, and then it can cause either infection of the membranes over the brain, meningitis, or septicemia and that's actually the most dangerous form because that can uh, affect many organs in the body and um, as we uh, you know as you know well, people will have heard sepsis is direct bacterial sepsis is a very dangerous condition and that's generally how people die from this mm. and this infection because it is as you were saying very um, complex and I guess uh, how it like transfers in the body, but also the different forms it takes. But what are some of the symptoms which one can look for or that we should know about just as the community to understand more about this virus? Well, firstly, it's actually a bacteria, just to confuse um, things. <laughs> and there are also viruses that cause meningitis because meningitis is just, um, it's just like gastroenteritis. It's just a site of infection. So, um, the most common forms of um, meningitis actually are viral, and you feel pretty miserable with them, but they, they're very rarely fatal. Um, but um, the, the features are initially with um, meningococcal disease, 
is these very general features that you get with lots of infections. So you get a fever, a headache, you might be a bit confused, a bit sleepy, and you might have joint and muscle pain. That's like, they're called flu-like symptoms, so they're not very specific. But it's when they get really severe, and the two things to really watch out for are, firstly, if you get signs that it's affecting the membranes over the brain, which means you get a stiff neck, and you dislike bright lights, and you feel really miserable, so that's a sign of meningitis. But the other sign, which is very distinctive for this disease, is you get this rash, and it's quite a, it looks like tiny little spots of bruising under your skin, very small, and a distinct feature is that if you press something onto them, like um, a glass or something, you know, I mean, actually a glass you're holding in your hand, uh, they don't disappear. Um, so they're talking about a non-blanching rash. So that if you if you have all those flu-like symptoms, and you get either um, a, a you know a stiff neck or you dislike the lights, or you get this rash, that's very serious, and basically you need to be seen really quickly. Um, but before that, if if um, if you're with someone and and they they're getting really ill quickly, you don't need to wait for them to develop a rash or getting signs of meningitis. Um, if they've got a high fever and they're really confused, uh, headache, and really unwell, they do need to be checked out quickly. Definitely, and thank you for listing some of those symptoms to look out for. And uh, just, I guess, as a wrap-up question as well, building on this, uh, what can we as individuals but also as a community do to help stop the spread of meningitis and to act early as well? Yeah, Look, absolutely stopping the, the spread is, is difficult because it is associated with household crowding and also exposure to tobacco smoke. So uh, there are limited things that people can do if you're in a hostel or a, or a, um, a big flat because you know, they are more crowded environments, and that's why the rate goes up. Uh, but certainly, yeah, um, not, not having people smoking indoors, hopefully no one allows that, um, that can help. And then I think just looking out for each other, if you get the symptoms, if you see the symptoms, um, make sure someone's checked out. If someone is looking really well, uh, they shouldn't just be allowed to um, just to go to sleep and um, in the hope they'll sleep it off because um, people can die overnight from this. So it's just um, being very conscious of it. It's uncommon, so even quite experienced doctors may not see it very often. So... If someone's really ill, you, you have to be quite assertive sometimes to make sure they are seen. Or if you're really um, worried, call 111 or, or take them to the hospital emergency department. And often they'll take one look at them and know they're very sick. Um, so they're things to do. You can get vaccinated um, for the, the two, there's two kinds of vaccines available. Um, they are funded for um, young people who are um, going to be living in conditions, hostels or university halls for residents. But they, they are very effective on uh, some of the strains. Um, there's a separate vaccine for the most common strain, Group B. So the vaccination is a little bit complicated at the moment. Yeah, now, Steve's, that was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.